nation. We need to pray for wisdom for the leaders on both sides of the fence. We pray for Israel, but we're praying both sides of the fence. They need wisdom. Leadership is not clear every day you wake up. You need to seek God, and we believe God intervenes with all those leaders, those who believe in God or not. Secondly, we need to pray for peace. Thirdly, for anybody on any side of this that doesn't know Jesus Christ, that, oof, and this is happening. I heard just recently over 200 people, people of Muslim faith in Gaza that were crying out and are seeing dreams of Jesus in their dreams. So let's continue that in agreement that those who need Jesus anywhere in that area, when they cry out, that God will meet them where they are. Right? Heavenly Father, we come to you together as Faith Christian Center community, a family, a body of Christ with the church of our head is Lord Jesus Christ. And we come together in agreement and pray for wisdom for all those leaders that are engaged in this conflict, Lord. And let you, be through your Holy Spirit, speak to them. Put people in their path that can speak your will into this situation, Lord. Oh, we pray for peace above all with all the death and destruction that has been. That peace will reign in that region, Lord. Your peace, Father God. And we pray for anyone who does not know Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Meet them where they are and show Him the love that you have for them so they can accept Jesus into their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Just a few more quick things. We are gonna we may run a few minutes late today. Everybody said? Oh, I thought I got an eight. All right. Because I, I have to finish this, this, this series today. So, But I do have a few more uh, announcements I want to talk about. One is uh, giving statements. Uh, thank you for your generosity throughout 2023. It's enabled us to do many things, and we have the building fund, as Verda uh, mentioned as well, too. Uh, but you need to get records for your giving statement. You can get them within your account, your digital account, but we want to make it as easy as possible. So the next two Sundays, uh, how many Sundays? Next two Sundays, so not this Sunday. Out in the foyer, there's going to be uh, some, some of our staff team handing out giving statements. Take the one with your name on it. So just go to them, and they have alphabetized. And so you're going to get two different statements because we had push pay, and now we have subsplash. We went to subsplash to make your life inconvenient. No, we went to Subsplash because they offered us an amazing financial thing that made a lot better sense and better technology, and we want to be good stewards of your tithes and offerings. So we went with them because they were uh, more inexpensive, less inexpensive, cheaper. That's another word I'll use. They were just darn cheaper, all right? And their technology is greater. Um, another thing I want to talk about is many of you have been asking um, uh, we had a friend named Jeffrey Gronsky that would sit in the front row between maybe, I was thinking maybe May of 2023 up until uh, maybe October, beginning of October. And such a wonderful man who came into our life. Um, he came in hot and heavy and landed hard. There was a lot of things going on in his, in his life. And in about, I think it was uh, into November, he had reached out to me because we hadn't seen him for a while. And he had some underlying issues that were really becoming not underlying anymore in his life. So um, he passed away a few days. Yeah, he passed away a few days. People die. 
I'm not being rude, but, but so he passed, passed away a few days before Christmas. But here's the real reason I want to share this. And it's not insensitivity. Because if he was here right now, he would be cheering me on about what I'm about to say. I was fortunate to spend the last two days of, with him in the hospital. And I thanked him for coming into our lives as a church. Wherever he was coming from, he was here in front of us. Secondly, I said, you've got to be so thankful, because I am, that you came into our lives. But we need to be reminded, not just Jeffrey was, but all of us, that God is always at work. He was the great orchestrator in his life. Because in those seven to eight months, he received Christ into his life. We were able to honor and baptize him. And he was on fire for God. And he's in a far better place. That's not a cliche. So for you, I would be, be reassured of God's faithfulness that he's a great orchestrator. You may not see how things are working out right now, especially you control freaks. But just trust God is aligning things in your life. I said, imagine, Jeffrey, if you didn't, and it has nothing to do with Faith Christian Center and the awesome pastor here, but it has, to do, it has to do with God being able to push him into a church. He just walked in on a Monday afternoon and said, can I meet with you? I'm like, absolutely, let's talk, and then just started coming. So you just don't know those paths that you can't take for granted in your life, and he will be missed, but he'll be seen again. He will be seen again. So we can rest assured of that. And he loved you guys dearly. One of it, I'll end on this. One of his last statements to me was like, but pastor, I got to keep guilt given to the building fund. I appreciate your passion. So, but it was just wonderful. And uh, he, he went home to be with the Lord. We are, we're working on a memorial if we can do it. A lot of the family is not local. So we'll let you know if that comes into play, but keep him and your, his family in your prayer certainly on that as well. Amen. Amen? We have Martin Luther King Day tomorrow. Amen. A man, a God-fearing man that stepped out amongst the waters of a tide going against him to do what God told him to do and where it led from now. And we honor that. That's incredible. Incredible, and we celebrate that day tomorrow. And don't take that lightly, any of us. That God was orchestrating him. It may not have ended the way he thought, but God orchestrated. See, in his, in God's, ooh, this isn't the message. In God's orchestration is the fulfillment of what God wants to do with you. No matter if it's a day or seven days or eighteen years, that fulfillment is enough for your life. And Dr. King, his life was cut short. And that was not a God thing. But God valued, he knew what time he had and the impact he could make. Just a few quotes, because I am a quote machine with Dr. Martin Luther King. I mean, Junior, he is amazing in his quotes. He said, life's most persistent and urgent question is, and I would pose this for you today and be honored to ask this, what are you doing for others? He said that. The ult- another one, the ultimate measure of a man is not, or of a woman is not where he or she stands in moments of comfort and convenience, 
but when he stands or she stands during times of challenges and controversy. As you, as Christ followers, that's a daily cross we have to bear and walk it. Comfy Christians. I've heard of them. I know that's not you guys. But Dr. King, we acknowledge you and honor you for what you did and the trail you led and, and, and just amazing how God used you in that way. So, All right, we've got to get to a message here. We're ending the, the series called Knowing Him More in 2024. We've said you, could, you should be knowing him more in 2023 and 2025, but as a church community, we are leaning in when we are together to know God more. It is really everything. Because if you know him more, you hear him more. You worship him more. We'll get into this real quickly. Our, basically, the anchor truth was in life, in every situation, in, in seasons, and we know our seasons in New England, and degree of your relationship with God, there is always an opportunity to know Him more. Knowing Him more is our primary desire as a Christ follower. Our anchor scripture was John 17.3. Can we put this in the New King James? Some of you King James was saying, yeah, about time, Pastor Chris. Here we go. And this is eternal life. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Knowing him, that eternal life is here on this earth when we know him. Not in the sweet by and by, that is there. But even the eternal life of God's reality in your life and in my life as we are here on planet earth. Amazing. But it only happens when we press in to know him more, right? Amen? Amen. We talked about you make your initial decision to following Christ. And I'm going to be quick review, but this is not coincidence. These are all in order of, I believe, our lives' journey of following Christ. I'm trying to sum it up in 30 minutes here. Um, so you accept, your, you accept your life as Christ. You open the gate of your heart to say, Jesus, come into my life. Some of you may crack it a little bit or a lot of it, but it's open. And that gate continues to open through your life as you continue to sustain the decision you made to follow Christ. We don't just make a prayer and go watch Netflix or whatever. I have a Netflix account. It's okay. But, but, but there's something more than that, that, that sinner's prayer or altar call. That's a beginning to something. The gate of your heart is just cracked open. Now God wants to invade your heart with love and everything else. So the journey is we make the decision, but how do we sustain the decision at first? Through disciplines, spending, not just reading, the Word of God, spending time in the Word of God. Coming to church is a small part of it. Hearing messages, that's part of the discipline. Praying which is no more than communing with God. We had a wonderful message on Wednesday by Pastor Paul on prayer. Praying is just communion, but it starts out a discipline that that should be your default in life. I'm communing with a God. I'm communing to maybe I need a need answered, which is okay. You petition. I'm praying to him because maybe I need to intercede with somebody else because of their need. 
Praying is part of the discipline. Watching your mouth is part of the discipline. Speaking, amen, speaking life about yourself, your family, and those around you. That's a whole other message. Part of the discipline. Important. And we learned when we got into the discipline, at some point, that discipline gets into be a desire. And in that desire becomes discipleship. And you are on the motion of knowing God more and more and more. How long does it take, Pastor Chris? Don't know, but the Holy Spirit knows where you are every day. Each of us are different. But the, the other thing, too, is when desire and, dis, and we, we begin to disciple, becoming like disciples of Christ followers, like the disciples that were following while he was on planet Earth, there comes a point, though, that God needs to stretch you a little bit more. And some of us fail at that. That's the conflict. Pastor, I'm doing this. I've done the discipline. I've done everything. And I I desire God. I love him. But I'm still where I was at the beginning of the year. Some of that can be, we mentioned quickly yesterday, uh, last week, uh, some biblical examples is the the woman with the issue of blood. She had contaminated blood most of her life. She saw doctors and physicians that couldn't heal her. And she knows that Jesus is coming to her village. And when she gets there, there's a big crowd. She has a little desire to be healed. But she needs a greater desire to see Jesus. So she presses through the crowd. And this is some of the example. You have to press in and get stretched a little bit more so maturity has room to live in you. And you get into that and she touched the hem of Jesus' garment and was healed. There's the other story of four guys that want the paralyzed friend healed. They get to see Jesus. He's in the house. They can't get into the house at all because it's crowded. Jesus attracted crowds. He ran from it too sometime. We'll talk about that in a second. So, so these guys could have said, you know what? Not for today. We'll go home. They had to press in more. They ended up climbing on the roof, pulling the roof off, dropping the paralyzed man down into the roof for Jesus to heal him. How far will you go with God? How far will you go? There's the other obstacle that happens in our lives that I'll add this time that I didn't last time. And, and, and Jesus was, I think it was in Matthew, I think Matthew 3, where Jesus is speaking in parables in these crowds. First one that Matthew 3 talked about is the farmer sowing seed in good ground, bad ground. And at the end, the disciples come and say, Master, these parables, what are they, basically? Because at the end he said, if those have ears to hear, let them hear. That's pressing in. He said to the disciples, you know the secret of the kingdom because you're pressing in beyond these parables. These parables are important, but it's not the deepest meaning I'm trying to draw you into. So you're at points right now in your life. God's calling you to press deeper into his word, to understand more, deeper secrets. But some of us may say, this is too much for me. I got to think too hard. And walk away. These are moments in your desire and discipleship. And Satan knows when they are. And that's when he'll throw everything he has at you too. Because he doesn't want you to become a true Christ follower. So important. Then, So that's where we left off. If you begin to, to, to decide, become a disciple and things are going. And you, you've, you've passed some of the things that are in front of you. And you're, you're stretching. You're wanting to know God more. It's all about more, knowing God more. Then the next level that you get into, at least for me, 
is being able to draw nearer to God. And Timothy, Timothy was very clear. Draw near to God and he will... Drawing. For you artists, I don't mean drawing cartoons. Drawing is like drawing a bucket of water up from a well. Drawing is me getting closer to you. Closer. Come boldly into the throne of God, we heard earlier. We can do that when we begin to draw closer. It's drawing into his presence at any given moment in your day, especially when there's a storm raining over your head. Be able to draw into God because into that God is where you are, you, are, you can hear everything you need to hear. You can begin to know what's really important in your life. And you certainly will know him more when you're closer in his presence. We talked earlier about the voice of truth. It's so important, the voice of truth. That comes by drawing too. That voice of truth separates opinions of truth. Things that people think they are. Questions about who they're choosing to be or not be. Identity issues. All this stuff. Voice of truth is an umbrella over everything that we need to know as Christ followers. But you need to listen for it. We talk too much sometimes, especially me. I get paid to talk sometimes. Thank you. But we need to listen more. Listen to the voice of truth. That voice of truth can come spending time in the Word. All these disciplines that we talked about that are your desires now, right? Your desires and discipleship. But drawing into God is so important. And guess what? When you draw into God, it's just you and God. It's not you and your pastor and God. It's not you and Aunt Eddie and God and you. It's not Susie Q, you and and God. When you're drawing in, it's you and God. There's just two participants. When you begin to draw into God and you get closer to, to, to becoming in his presence, and you continue to do that, it is a breath of way sometimes. A breath of way. Scripture's talking about Jesus and the breath of life. A breath of way right now. Holy Father, I'm in your presence right now. We exalt your holy name. You are high and lifted up. We are nothing without you. Start drawing into his presence. The things that happen, because we don't get this far sometimes, and I'm growing in it too, the things that happen when we begin to draw closer to God, there's this thing called pride that converts into humility if you continue to draw further. God will not be around pride. He can't. It is sin. Pride is... How good, I'm all that in a bag of chips. Look what I've done. I've made my crowns, which eventually you're going to have to cast them before them anyhow. Pride, look at me. It's very easy for me to get into pride. You guys are all standing here listening to me. That's not what I'm called to be, called to do. Here is where things start growing even greater because when you're drawing close to God... He will woo you closer and closer. He begins to burn through the Holy Spirit, begins to burn things out of you that are not of God. John the Baptist, before he baptized Jesus, I have to decrease 
so Jesus can increase. More of you and less of me. So he burns that out in the drawing. This is where your faith begins to increase too because sometimes it's uncomfortable. But what he's after is he wants to take that pride. We all have pride, so don't amen me too much. We all have pride. We all have pride. You're proud of yourself. You just drove yourself here today, I bet. We all have pride somewhere, but he burns it out and then puts humility in its place. And humility is not a weak thing at all. It simply is the ability to understand, I am nothing without him, but Jesus wants me and doesn't need me. Wants me, but doesn't need me. So how much do I want to draw into an almighty God that loves me? This, this will split people's marriages up. This will split ministries up when people don't get pride burned out of their life. has nothing to do with excellence. Excellence leads to some pride. It has nothing to do with excellence. You, we have to be a people of humility. He gives grace to the humble. I need some grace. I want grace to make it through this life and follow Christ. Humility is so important. And it's not false humility. Humility. God will install humility. Jesus, he's the best example of humility. David knew about humility. David, King David, he, he's told to be a, a man after God's own heart. Heart. He said in Psalm 65, 4 in the Amplified, he said, Blessed is the one whom you choose and bring near to dwell in your courts. We will be filled with goodness of your house. David knew the importance of drawing nearer to God at any moment of his day, no matter what you're doing. God is Abba Father. He, want, we said, he wants to be with you. And the Hebrew and Jesus, Abba is a powerful word, Abba Father, but and, and, and no matter what father you've biologically had in life, the Abba Father has an underlining and a toe that is so important that basically says, I trust you because in that Abba-ness, I know you know what's best for me. Some people didn't have a father that could say that. We could say that too. I know, Abba Father knows what's best for me. Another way, well, I got you guys amen. Another way to draw closer to God is by fasting. <laughs> You'll know, you will draw closer to God or the refrigerator, one or the other, but draw closer to God by fasting periodically. All fasting is. It's just whatever could be a source of your day that might lead you astray to subconsciously or unintentionally be reminded that he's your source. Get that out of the way for a day or two. So it may not just be food. It may be Netflix. It may be something, your phone. My goodness. I don't even know where mine is, but we we don't know where it is for like 10 minutes. (gasps) The world needs me. Fast something. God, he will honor you for getting those things out of your life for whatever period of time so he can draw closer to you as you're drawing closer to him. So important, so important. He will draw closer to you. Next thing. 
So we talk about draw, we talk about decision, disciple, voice of truth, drawing near, all about knowing God more, right? The next step is at some point if you're on this path, your input, meaning what's being inputted input to you from the Holy Spirit through the disciplines, reading, worship, all that, spending time, that input should have some good output. How many Christians, don't look around the room, and if nobody's looking at you, it might be you, but how many Christians consume God and church but give nothing out? When we give nothing out, no, I'm not going to go there right now. I'm already saying, uh, but you, if, we're, if we're getting, if God is loving us and giving us all these things and revealing more of himself to us, love, joy, peace, the Holy Spirit is working in us, fruits of spirit, everything. There should be an output that should represent God and not your bad day. I'm not saying fake it till you make it. That's not, that's, not a God, that's not godly. But being vulnerable and real of an awesome God you serve. So it should affect your character. Ugh. It should affect what we talked about earlier, your mouth, the rudder of your life, pretty much. And it should affect our disposition of humility, maybe. So if your seat gets taken next week, if you come back, (laughs) the seat you sit in here in church, what is your reaction or response? Nobody can take my seat, so I don't know. Well, they have eventually. They will. (laughs) But is it in love? What do we just say? How can we? Let's, let's. It seems like a corny example. Let's go with this. So just so say somebody takes your seat next week, and you're following Christ. You've, you're what we're talking about. You've drawn near and everything else. And our anchor topic is saying, if I'm knowing God more, I can know God more in any situation. We've talked about it. any season, any bad, good. I can know God more. So if, if Henry, there's no Henry here. If Henry takes your seat. Maybe that's an opportunity that God brings to you to pray for Henry. Because <laughs> God's always at work. He's showing us opportunities to know God more. And if I pray for Henry, imagine if I connect with Henry and become a friend of Henry. All these things can come around because he's the great orchestrator. What I'm saying is you are going to know God more even in your outputs more than your inputs sometimes. Because God's waiting. We have this phrase. I know I've said it over the years. When you step out, God steps in. He's waiting to step into these situations in your life to do his will around you. And that's part of the output. During COVID, most of our Christian... I'm going off. Most of our Christian population gave us a bad representation to people that don't believe in God. Because we were too busy fighting over masks, over church opens over uh, God, blah, 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 blah. Then politics was in there, and, and it was a perfect storm where we were fighting amongst each other to a world that was watching. Keep the main thing the main thing. It helps. 
but part of our input and output, our output should reflect what God's doing in us and growing in us daily, daily. And then finally, and I left this at the end, this whole process of knowing God more, the decision, the, dis- the discipleship and discipline to sustain that decision and the desires and all that that comes and you're growing and you're hearing the voice of truth and, and, and now you're drawing closer to God and he's drawing closer to you. Crazy. And then your input of all of this is pushing some output positively to your friends and f- f- family. None of this will sustain long if you do not go back to this one thing. Everything we do is led by love. If you get love out of it, it's you in it, and it won't sustain. Led by love. What do you mean, Pastor Chris? I was led to Jesus Christ by love. What he did on that cross for me and you, and in my sins and your sins, that he nailed to that cross. That was love walking up Calvary to hang for me. When I didn't deserve it, and he certainly didn't, but he took that on. I was led by Christ when, when I found out there's things in this life that he wants to provide. Not the best parking spot in the mall, although that's nice at times, but how about just things that are needed and finances and health that he's provided for me, led by love. So at some point, led by love should fill me up because we begin to get to the fullness of Christ. That is some of our objective, right? Image of Christ, fullness of Christ, not our own gods, image of Christ. So at some point, that led by love needs to spill over back to the output to others around me. Paul talked about this. He said, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. Love, I'm going to be, don't throw things at me. Love is eternal more than faith and hope. Because I don't need faith and hope when I have an amazing God standing right in front of me in heaven and his kingdom has come to this earth. Love will sustain it all. So we need to know it well in our lives. Love to our fellow man, kindness. Our humility allows us to do that because we know at the end of the day what we've been saved from and that we're all not that great anyway without Christ. I'm not saying don't pursue an education. We all are called and we find our purpose. But in doing that, no, you're still nothing without God. We have to know that. But that will trickle to other people when we're led by love. Lead everything by love. Now, wait a minute, Pastor. What, what, what about when you have to correct people and discipline? Well, Jesus used this thing called tough love. We don't throw that out the window. Peace, love, and frisbees and hippies. and Let's just love everybody because they don't agree with us and they're in sin. There is tough love. On yourself first before you think of others. This, you do this, there's one, two, three, there's three, three pointing back at me. You've heard that, right? 
Love. Love conquers a multitude of sin. Paul went in to say that many will repent because of the goodness of God. And I believe we're going to see that pouring into this room, pouring into our lives. If you're following this, people will come up to you and say, I don't know exactly what you have, but you're stable in one way when all hell is breaking loose in another way. Can you talk to me about what you are and who you are? That is going to come to your doorstep, and you need to have the opportunity to share. We're not consuming Christians. If we come to this and we know God more, when the darkness is coming in and everything is coming against us, which we'll watch the news tonight, it's all there. But if we know God more, we hear everything he says about that situation and will guide us through that situation. And he'll continue to say, I want you to keep the main thing, the main thing in your life and knowing that I love you and what I'm calling you to do. Too many Christians take on assignments that they have not been given by God. Love conquers all. It doesn't cover up sin. It exposes it. But it brings people together to even have a dialogue about a loving father. You're called in the world around you at first to live by example, to glorify a relational God. Amen. Relational God. Not, a re, not an organ, we've talked about religion, not an organized religional God, a relational. God is so good. We need to lean into those things. The power on the cross that was supposed to create death created our victory. Victory in us. It's amazing. But you need to come to the place that you understand that you are loved. And for some that's hard because of your upbringing and it has to go beyond a bumper sticker, but you are loved. You need to say that to yourself. This is not self-indulgence because God said it about you. I am loved by a heavenly father. You need to say that because once you get that into this, all these other things we've talked about leading up till today are part of your desire and discipleship and it'll all work together. Amen? So Paul, I'll end on this one. Paul um, in Ephesians, he's, he's talking to the church of Ephesus, which is a church we know a little bit about, but just more specifically today, uh, the, the geographic location. Uh, G, uh, church of Ephesus is around a big transportational hub. So there's a lot of hustle and bustle. So you have different types of people and, and from different areas of the regions coming in and through church of Ephesus. And there must have been a point at Paul in his letters to this church, say, I need you to go deeper with God and know him more. Because if you don't, you're going to go astray of the other things you're looking at right now. And I need you to, need you to press in because when you press in, everything you need or desire will come out of this. So he says, do we have this on the, the screen? I want to go to just Ephesians 1, uh, verse 3. And this is our anthem for this year, too, of knowing God. I think it's Ephesians, I'm sorry. No, let's go to 15. You're right, absolutely right, because we got it for time. So here's part of the letter. He's right into this, the church. He says, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for God's people, love God, Love people. I have never stopped thanking God for you. I pray, because he probably wrote this while he's in jail. I pray for you constantly. Asking God. Again, God. 
He's, telling, he's asking this church to know God more. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight that you, may, you might grow in your knowledge of God. Keep going. I pray that your hearts will be trinkled on, flooded with light, so that you can, can understand the confident hope. Jesus had a confident hope going up to Calvary. He saw you and I with an amazing God that was going to reward him as a king of kings and lord of lords. Confident hope of whose you are has given to those he called his holy people who are his riches and glorious inheritance. Keep going. I also pray, we ain't done yet, that you will understand the incredible greatness of God, his power for us who believe him. Some of you have not experienced the power of God in your life. Part of it is a posture you need to bring to be ready because he is going to be pouring out in this church and into your life. Incredible greatness of God's power for those who believe in him. This is the same mighty power. Oh boy, there's a good testimony here. If that's the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead and seated him in places of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler of authority. This is our king of kings, power or leader of anything else, not only in this world, but also world to come. So Paul is saying you need to lean in because there's so many spiritual blessings and benefits that you can obtain here. It's not just the discipline. We got to that. It became desire, but now there's even benefits of walking in peace when all hell's around you. Of getting wisdom when there's chaos around you. Finding healing when the doctor said, we're probably not done at this point. Paul wanted us to know God more. And we need to know God more. Don't get so critical this year of 2024 and have like a, I remember when I was growing up, we had a, uh, you know, a, a chart at the, on the doorstep of how much I'm growing, you know, and I think with our kids, the grandkids did it at my parents' house. Don't make a chart of how much more you're knowing God along the way. Let him decide that. Just keep pressing in. And if you fall off the wagon, you didn't pick up a Bible in four days, come in here and I've got four repentance prayers. Get back on the horse. And trust somebody around you. Say, just pray for me as I continue on this journey. We need one another. We may leave separately, but we are here together. Who's going to go over and have dinner with them? I'm just kidding. It's a joke. All right. Why don't we stand? Mm, Knowing God more. Knowing God more. It is the paramount main thing that you and I should have in our lives. And no matter what's going on, We should have it. And as Jesus said, believing in Jesus, we can have this eternal life to know God more. And that eternal life is everything we've been talking about that we need in our lives. Good things don't fall in laps much. No, I'm sitting right now in a hundred dollars, you know, something drops on my lap. Good things you have to work for. There's that wonderful phrase, and I think I mentioned it to a team meeting last week on something else. If I shoot, if my goal is to shoot for something, for nothing, 100% of the time, 
at least 99% of the time, I'm getting that nothing. So we need to deal in, dive in. And when you do, listen to this. And some of you may know it. When you begin to draw lines and saying, I am going to know God more, follow all everything we were talking about. The enemy, as I said earlier, he will see that. He roams around like a roaring lion who he can destroy. But don't give the devil benefit right away. Sometimes we blame the devil too much. Sometimes it's our own ignorance. (laughs) But when we say it's the devil, he hears that because he's roaming. He says, hey, I'm getting credit for something I didn't do. Let me bear in more and make it even worse. Careful with our mouth. Amen? Amen. That's a whole other message. Can we hold hands? Heavenly, I just want to pray 